have been holding Bible prophecy conferences for over 30 years, and my favorite part of each conference is always the question and answer period where we give people in the audience an opportunity to ask any questions they please. In just a moment, I'm going to start throwing questions about Bible prophecy at two guest experts. Stay tuned for what I know will be some very fascinating and informative responses. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. I'm delighted this week to have as my special guest two old friends and colleagues, Gary Fisher from Franklin, Tennessee, a suburb of Nashville, and Dennis Pollock from McKinney, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. Welcome, guys. Thanks. Thank it's you, great Glad to, to have both of you. Always Good a joy to, to have you. both of you. <laughs> Good to see you. Although I get a little nervous because I never know what either one of you are going to say. The <laughs> same hold true today. <laughs> Gary Fisher is the evangelist for Lion of Judah Ministries. It is a Bible prophecy ministry that Gary established in 1994. Dennis Pollock is a former colleague of mine here at Lamb and Lion Ministries. He served this ministry faithfully for 11 years before he decided in 2005 to step out and establish his own ministry called Spirit of Grace. He specializes in foreign mission work in various parts of the world, but primarily in Africa. I've asked these two experts on Bible prophecy to join me today for a question and answer session. And I want to jump right in by asking you guys, what is the strangest question you've ever received in a question and answer period? Oh, we've had a lot of fun talking about this. Uh, I think some of mine were related to Y2K. Uh, I got emails from people asking me if I were going to sell survival equipment and build a bunker, and uh, was I going to sell your machine gun? Yes, right, all that kind of stuff. So, but we never did any of that. We just kept preaching the word, and and Y2K proved to be nothing, of course. Mm. Uh, what, what about you? Well. As I was thinking about it, I did uh, have someone ask me if I really believed that Barney, the cartoon purple dinosaur, was the Antichrist. (laughs) (laughs) How did that happen? Well, (laughs) what happened was I was uh, reading an article that was tongue-in-cheek that was trying to make the point that anybody with a little uh, reasoning and and a a little mathematics thrown in can prove that anybody else is the Antichrist. So I, we were doing radio at the time, yes. and I read this article, and I I let them know at the at the beginning that this was just tongue in cheek. It wasn't it wasn't real. And then I went into this complicated formula, <laughs> using Barney's name and numbers and numerology and all these things to show point blank that so Barney somebody tunes be, in in the middle of that. That's what happened. He tuned in in the middle of it, hearing me prove that Barney. <laughs> The dinosaur was the Antichrist, so he had to know, did I really believe that? <laughs> and to let him know, no, it, oh, I didn't really believe it. What interests me about what we have done uh, in the past in Bible prophecy is that it attracts those who want to use the Bible as a springboard, and then they go from there with their imagination. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had this one email about a guy wanting to know if King uh, Selassie of, uh, of Africa, was, Selassie, he yeah. was going to be mm-hmm. become uh, the resurrected Messiah. He's going to be Jesus. And, <laughs> and what did I think about that? And I didn't know what to say about that. <laughs> I had a teenager one time ask me, is going to hell like being sucked into a 
black hole in space. <laughs> and then I was up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, where there's a lot of survivalists, and we had a question and answer period, and I never got such questions all my life. What is the prophetic implication of the black helicopters that are going around all over the United States spying on us? Oh, yeah. What are the prophetic implications of the 30,000 communist troops, or Chinese communist troops that are on the border of China ready to invade the United right. States any moment? What's the prophetic implications of the uh, concentration camps being built all over the United States <laughs> because the President's going to declare uh, martial law and put us all in concentration. Yes. I mean, I, I just, I thought I was in Nana land. I, I, I get a bunch of them that uh, the guy will go, uh, what do you believe about the Lusahavran of the 13th harmonic of the square root of the, and I go, you know, I want to go back and say, would you care for another drink? Well, you know, the Bible tells us that self-control is one of the fruits yes. of the Spirit. And if you're going to be a prophecy teacher and do question and answer, you've got to have self-control. Well, you do. Because uh -huh. number one, there's questions that are going to come your way. You're going to want to break out laughing, and you've got to hold it back. And the second response yeah. is you're going to want to say, are you crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, it's it, one of the things that gives Bible prophecy a bad reputation, unfortunately, because there are people who traffic in this stuff and uh, love to, to mm -hmm. put out all these kinds of rumors. Well, let's, let's move on. In, let me read you a verse from 1 Corinthians. Uh, this is chapter 13, verse 12. Now we see in a mirror dimly, mm -hmm. but then face to face, when we stand face to face with Jesus. Now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. You know, this says that we only understand in part now, but when we stand in Jesus Christ in His presence, we're going to understand it all. But what if you could ask Jesus a question right now about Bible prophecy? Today. What question mm -hmm. would you ask today? I would say, I want to know the exact chronology of how all is going to work that's <laughs> remaining to be uh, accomplished. Right. I want to is, know. is Psalm 83 going to be before Ezekiel 38 or after, or, you know, and, and Ezekiel know. 38 going to be before the tribulation exactly. in the middle? You know. I want to know in detail how it's going to work okay. out. So you want a chart? I do. <laughs> okay. One I don't have to correct. Okay. How about you, Dennis? I think I would want to know just what are we going to be doing in heaven? You know, the, the prophecies talk about heaven, and we get just little glimpses. But yeah, they don't tell us much. They don't tell us much at mm. all. And it's, I have an eagerness to just know what will it really be like. Yeah, the Bible has great detail about the millennium yeah. and what we'll be doing. But when it comes to heaven, it's mainly two things stand out in my mind. We will see the face of God, right. which means we'll have intimate fellowship Amen. with God, and we will serve Him. Yeah. So well, there's going to be things to do, but you know what? Right. And the one thing that a lot of people think that I don't believe is that we'll be singing 24-7. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy worship, I enjoy singing, but hour after hour, day after no, day, no, no, year no, no, after no. year, but millennia after millennia. But I'll tell you what, I, I can hardly wait to be in a worship service that David leads. Oh, yeah, amen. Amen. Because <laughs> he was kind of an uninhibited yeah, worship That's leader. right. And I think we'll be as well. I think my question would already. be, who in the world are those peoples who seem to be living outside yeah. the new the, the 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 eternal Jerusalem on the new earth? There Absolutely. seem to be people living out. Who are they? Where did they come from? Good, good question. What, what's the deal about that? Absolutely. I've never been able quite to figure that out. Well, uh, this there's a lot. I, you know, I have a long list, and not right. only about Bible prophecy, <laughs> but other things as well. Right. Sure. But uh, certainly that would be the one concerning Bible prophecy. Well. Why is a knowledge of the Old Testament essential to understanding Bible prophecy? Mm -hmm. You know, Dave, when I started working with you, one of the things that you insisted when I wrote was that whenever I quoted Scripture, <laughs> I had to give the reference. You even told me exactly how to do it. You put the parenthesis, and the period goes at the end of the parenthesis, not before. And so you insisted that I always give the reference. 
the thing of it is, these guys didn't have you to tell them, the, the writers of the Bible, to always give the reference. That's right. So you are reading huge chunks of prophecy in the New Testament oh, yeah. that is going directly back to the Old Testament. In fact, Revelation is just full of Over Old Testament Over 300 and not one quoted. Not, yes. yeah. And he Hebrews say. keeps saying, it says somewhere, right. it says somewhere. Matthew as well. Yeah. Well, at least give the, the author, he, may, he won't give chapter and verse because there were none in those yeah. days, but he'll at least give the author, but in Revelation they don't. And so, uh, the, the, the New Testament prophecies are based on the foundation of the Old Testament prophecies. If you throw that out, if you never read, you never study them, uh, you're definitely going to be at a loss for really understanding the right. whole picture. How about well, you, I'm no stranger to this question because I was raised in the denomination that taught that the Old Testament was fulfilled, it is Nailed therefore the cross, no longer relevant. Yeah. Uh, the New Testament is the only relevant book. Matter of fact, we'd go to the bookstores to buy a book. We'd buy a New Testament. Yes. We wouldn't even buy an if Old the Testament. Preacher, yeah, we grew up in the same kind of church, and yes. if the preacher said, bring your Bible, we all brought our New Testament. Mm. But I'm with Dennis, the Old Testament illuminates the New. Uh, and one of the classic examples I can come up with, Romans 11:25, A partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the yeah. Gentiles has come in, then all Israel will be saved. Is there something in the Old Testament that gives us more illumination about that? Yes, there is. Uh, the day that they look on Him whom they have pierced, and they mourn for Him as one who mourns for an only son. But you have to have the two verses right. together for them to really start to fall together. Mm -hmm. One that pops into my mind is just no way in the world to understand uh, Daniel and Revelation apart from each other. They fit together like a hand in a glove. Right, and you've got man. to know Daniel to understand Revelation. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so people need, really need to get into the Old Testament if they're going to understand Bible prophecy. Well, what, what would you say is the most important key, if you were telling somebody the most important key to understanding Bible prophecy? There's so much misunderstanding. What is the key to understanding it? Well, the key is actually something that you, I've heard you say so many times which is that if the plain sense makes sense, you don't look for any other sense, or you'll end up with nonsense. In other words, what you do is, unless the passage or the prophecy is, is just shouting and screaming, I'm an illustration, I'm a symbol, yeah. then you, you take it at face value. And you will come up with a far more accurate perspective than if you decide every prophetic passage yeah. has to be translated by me and I'll figure out exactly what he's saying. Which makes you God. <laughs> Which makes you God. Let me give you an example. In Zechariah 14, it says, The Lord is going to fight against the nations that have come against Jerusalem. It says, His feet are going to stand on the Mount of Olives. It says, Living waters are going to come forth and flow from Jerusalem, and He'll be the King. The Lord will be the King over the whole earth. Yes. Now, let me give you the Dennis Pollock translation <laughs> and interpretation of these deep passages. Here's what I believe it's saying. The Lord will go forth and fight against the nations that come against Jerusalem. His feet are going to stand on the Mount of Olives. Living waters are going to flow from <laughs> Jerusalem. And Jesus will be king over the whole earth. Now, I know that's incredibly profound. You're obviously a <laughs> fundamentalist. <laughs> but I'm taking the safe route, which is to believe that what the Bible says is true. But Dennis, the fact, point of the matter is that that same book, Zechariah, has all kinds of first coming prophecies, and every one of them meant what they said. Exactly. Yes. They uh, said... The Messiah is going to come humbly on a donkey and be hailed as a king. Today's yeah. allegorizers would say, well, no, that doesn't mean he's going to come on a donkey. It just means he's going to be a humble person. Mm -hmm. No, he came on a donkey. Exactly. exactly right. If the first coming prophecies meant what they said, yeah. why don't the second ones mean what they say? What would you say about this? As a <laughs> My answer to this is believe the Bible as it is written. Yeah. Believe the Bible as it is written. Dennis has already uh, read yeah. uh, Zechariah. I was having lunch with a pastor one day. 
uh, we were talking about this issue, and I knew we were in trouble when I got to the lunch. He slid this booklet across the table, and he said, uh, this is the latest booklet I've read on, or wrote on Bible prophecy. And he looked at me, and he said, Gary, I've studied these things, and I respectfully just believe you're wrong. And I said, wrong about which part? And he said, Jesus is never coming back to this earth. Oh, my. And uh, I said, well, Brother Zechariah 14.4 says that his feet one day will touch the Mount of Olives. He said, don't you understand that's just talking about the born-again experience? <laughs> and uh, I said, no, I didn't understand that. I believe it like Dennis read it a few moments ago. Uh, I believe exactly yeah, like amen, Zechariah. C.I. Schofield was one of my heroes in this issue. He wrote in 1908 that he didn't quite understand it, but that Russia was going to attack mm -hmm. Israel in the last days. That was well, in 1908. Israel didn't exist. Israel didn't exist, and Russia was a Christian nation. Yeah. Uh, but he believed the Bible as it was written. Yeah. And so we will be on safe ground we do well, this. You remember when the wise men came to Herod, and they were wanting a little more info about where the, this king was going to be born. Herod calls for the scribes. He says, hey guys, you know, you guys study the scriptures. Where do you suppose the Messiah is going to be born? What did they tell him? They said, it'll be in Bethlehem of Judea. That's right. How in the world did they figure that out? They read the Old Testament, and it said, from you, Bethlehem, uh, Ephrathah, will come forth a ruler. Yeah. So they, they read the Scripture. They said, you know what? I believe exactly as it reads, and they nailed it. They got it dead that's on. Right. That's right. And that's how we understand The only prophecy. thing I would add to what you all have said is that principle should apply to all the Bible, not just to Bible prophecy, but yes. to all the Bible. Absolutely. Take it for its plain sense, meaning God wants to communicate. He knows how to communicate. You don't have to have a Ph.D. in hermeneutics or imagination Absolutely. in order to understand God's mm -hmm. Word. I'm there. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our question and answer session with Gary Fisher and Dennis Pollock. Fellas, let's just shift gears for a moment here and uh, shift to some questions about end time Bible prophecy. The predominant end time viewpoint in Christendom today is not the premillennial, pre-tribulational view that is so popular among the, the masses of people. But uh, the, the viewpoint that's held by most denominations, including the Catholic Church, is what's called the amillennial viewpoint, which says that we are in the millennium now, and there will be no future reign of Jesus Christ. He will just simply come back, take us to heaven, and that's it. What do you see as the weakness of that viewpoint? Well, one thing my wife instructed me to say that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Just plain and simple. We're glad you got that in. You yeah. need to listen you to your wife. Amen. Happy. <laughs> uh, and I'm in her camp. Well, that's just got to get down where it the is, rubber meets the road here. It is plain doesn't make sense. Uh, when you read the Bible, it, it uh, declares that there's going to be a kingdom on earth. This was Old Testament theology. This is what the Jewish nation always expected for there to be a king ruling and reigning on earth. And uh, Jesus introduced a new uh, uh, theology to them in John 14. I go to the Father's house to prepare a place for you. But before that, the Jewish theology was that the king was going to come to earth. And so, uh, the, the pre, that is called the premillennial viewpoint. And has anything in the New Testament negated that? No, okay. absolutely not. Uh, you've, got to, it. you've got to throw out huge amounts of Scripture, both from Old and New Testament, or, to, or to come to that belief. Or, yeah, well, that's what you're doing. Yes. But Revelation 20 tells us plainly that, that the Lord will reign for a thousand years on the earth. Isaiah and other places declare how that uh, the details of that and, and all that will, will be involved. The fact that uh, you'll have peace and that there'll be no carnivorous animals. All of these different things. 
to throw all of that out, it, it makes no sense at all. The Bible says, for example, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance. Yes. The Father saying to the Son, he's, he's telling him, I'll give you these nations. Well, if Christ is going to simply take us away and burn up the world and, and it's going to end, then Christ hasn't gain the nations. The Bible says we will rule on the earth. The Bible says the meek will inherit the earth and delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Scripture after scripture after scripture says there's some going to come a, a, an age where there will be peace, where Christ will rule, and to throw that out is, is just to uh, do a terrible disservice to scripture. And the funny thing is, you, you said that uh, this is what the predominant view is, and you're right, but the thing of it is, most of the people who the, and the churches that technically hold to that view, they couldn't defend it, they can't explain it, they hardly know what it's talking about. It's just their, it's just their view. The people that really study Scripture, think about it, and study prophecy, almost invariably come to the point where they believe there'll be a thousand-year reign. Right. You know, you, when you said your wife said it doesn't make sense, well, it, it, just <laughs> stop and think for a moment. If you're going to believe in amillennialism, then you've got to believe that we are in the millennium now, right. mm -hmm. that the earth is flooded with peace, righteousness, and justice as the waters cover the sea. Yes. I don't see it anywhere. We've got to believe that Jesus is on the throne of David, when the throne of David has always been one place in Jerusalem. And the Bible says He's at His Father's throne, at the right hand of His Father's throne in Heaven. We've got to believe that Satan is bound. Is Satan <laughs> bound? It, it just it depends on how many drinks you've had. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. But I'm, I'm not. I'm, it just it just makes no sense. No, you have to spiritualize huge portions of God's uh, word yeah, and say it does place. not mean what it says. The wolf lies down uh, with the lamb today. Yeah, I, I, I was always amazed trying to figure this out as a young Bible student growing up. How can we be living in peace, righteousness, and justice, and yet there's wars and rumors of wars mm -hmm. and so forth? The wolf laying down with the lamb. Satan is bound, and yet the Bible says he he roams about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And I was very confused growing up until yeah. I started believing the Bible as it is written. And, and also. Uh, you know, if Jesus is reigning today over this world, boy, he sure is doing a terrible job. He's not very, yeah. doing a very good job at all. <laughs> I tell you, when he comes and reigns, there's going to be peace, righteousness, and justice. That's right. Absolutely. Well, let, let's go to another end time viewpoint, another one that is being revived today. This was the viewpoint of the church the, uh, in the 19th century. Hmm. And that's called postmillennialism. Mm. The idea there's going to be the church is going to conquer the world, yes. convert everybody to Jesus Christ, reign for a thousand years, and at the end of that time, Jesus Christ will come. Postmillennial, yes. after the millennium, and and it died at the beginning of world uh, at the beginning of the of the twentieth century. But it is being revived today. Uh, many different uh, Christian leaders today are reviving this idea that the church. That there is going to have an international peace plan and go out and conquer the world mm. for Jesus Christ mm. and, and be able to convert all these people and we will reign over the whole earth. What about that one? Well, one of the major features of that view is it, it uh, lends itself to the inevitable progress of man. <laughs> and anybody that's able to look at the news today, hurricanes, earthquakes, uh, the condition of man, lawlessness, all that kind of stuff, and say, that the world is getting better is really on another planet. Well, that's what killed the view in the first place at the beginning of the 20th century when we had yes. World War I, the Great Depression, World War II. People said, hey, things are not getting better. This It is based upon the assumption of, yes. of, of the progressive uh, uh, of, of mankind getting better and better and better and the world getting better and better. Yes. And, and when you read articles by these guys, you wonder if they're living on a deserted island someplace where there's no news media. Exactly. Mm -hmm. it, it not only goes against what we see as far as the current condition, 
traditions, but it, it definitely goes against scripture. The two primary places that you find the events that will be going on just before Christ returns are going to be the book of Revelation and the prophetic uh, sayings of Jesus in the Olivet Discourse. In both cases, they're describing a wicked world that God is not at all happy with. I mean, Revelation shows an angry God. And so if this post-millennial view is right, the world is getting better and better, and, and when, by the time Christ comes, we're all in a state of perfection. That's right. I mean, everything is going just hunky-dory, and yet the Bible says in Revelation, God is angry, uh, the wrath of the Lamb has come, and judgment is being poured out, bowls of God's anger are being poured out. It is not a happy place, so it totally contradicts so what the Jesus Scripture says. Jesus makes it clear in His teachings that the world is never going to be converted to Jesus Christ. He says that the road to uh, hell is very wide, yeah. and narrow is the road uh, to heaven. He talks about in the parable of Sol one out of no. four. Uh, it, it, it just goes against Scripture. And he says, as it was in the days of Noah, yeah. so it will be in the days That's of right. the Son of Man. Right. And in the days of Noah, things were not going that well. Immorality and violence. Well, I'd yeah. like to tandem off of Dennis's point. Uh, the Scripture demands the absolute opposite of the inevitable progress of man. Yeah. The Scripture says in the last days they will go from worse to worse Terrible to worse spiral to worse. down. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Okay. And the other uh, thing I'd like to comment on really quickly is that in this viewpoint, uh, and this makes it very suspect. The church has replaced Israel. Yes, that's true. And that's the true. church has not replaced Israel. Well, we right. can't get into that right, right now. I've got to go to another end time viewpoint <laughs> okay. very quickly, and that is the one that the two of you hold, and that's called the pre tribulational, premillennial viewpoint. Mm -hmm. The idea that Jesus Christ is coming back to reign for a thousand years on this earth, and there will be a rapture of the church before that occurs, and he will return with the church to reign. Yes. Why do you believe that? Dennis first. The, the, the pre-trib viewpoint we're talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Did you ever have a snow cone when you were a kid that you took the tip off and you sucked all oh, the juice yeah. out of? Oh, yeah. It was great, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But when you got done... I thought I was the only one ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> when you got done, what did you have left? A bunch of flavorless ice that That's was right. essentially worthless. Yeah. You had sucked the life out of that snow cone <laughs> and it became worthless. And the idea that uh, Christ can only come after all these things have been fulfilled. Uh, the idea that there has to be a tribulation first, there has to be an antichrist rise up first, there has to be the rebuilding of the temple first. What it does is it puts people in position to say when they wake up in the morning, Jesus Christ could not possibly come today That's true. because all these things haven't been fulfilled. That's right. They have sucked the life out of the doctrine of the coming of Christ because Jesus yeah. said, you watch for me, I'm coming when you don't expect. So you have totally sapped it from its vitality and life. And the whole point of what uh, Christ is giving us in terms of the doctrine of His return is be alert, be watchful. I'm going to come and surprise you. Okay. Very quickly, Gary, give me a reason why you believe Mine that. was the same answer. Uh, I would put it a little bit different than sucking the juice out of a snow cone, though. Uh, <laughs> well, Dennis is known for his illustration. One of the things that I love to do in my conferences is talk to Mr. Lost Man. And I Mr. Who? Lost Man. Lost man. I, I okay. will say okay. to him, you have this going on, this going on, this going on in the world, and Jesus could come today. If that is not true, then I am misrepresenting the Scripture. If you take the idea that Jesus can come today, then the pre-trib doctrine is gone. The only doctrine that can satisfy the idea that Jesus can come today is the pre-trib doctrine. Well, I know, you said if you believe Jesus can come today, the pre-trib doctrine is gone. Yes, it would disappear because if He cannot come today, then there is no such thing as a pre-trib doctrine. It, the pre-trib doctrine demands that it can come today. Uh, you understand what I'm saying, I okay. think. 
the pre-trib doctrine is the one that is the only one that demands that he can come today. Mm -hmm. If you place it in the mid-trib, post-trib, it cannot happen today. Uh, yeah. Jesus so, taught over and over, I may come any moment. That's called imminency. Yes. It means that he can come any moment. Yes. And if you if you believe that a whole bunch of things have to happen first, yes. then there is no imminency. There's no reason why you should say Jesus may come today. And I want to talk to Mr. Lostman and say, get right today, today yes. while there's time, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But Jesus can come today. No. Uh, without the premillennial, pre-tribulational viewpoint, you do not have that doctrine. Well, that's a very, very good point, and I, I don't know really how folks who disagree with it get around that point, because basically what they're saying is Jesus is going to come at the end of the tribulation, and so if that's true, uh, then you know what? We should be watching for the Antichrist, not Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Yes. We should have a checklist out, and as soon as all our checklists have checks in them, then we yes. can allow because, Him to come. Uh, yes. uh, yeah, because the, the, uh, you've got to have the Great Tribulation, you've got to have the Temple rebuilt, you've got to have the persecution of the Jewish people, and on and on and on and on and on before yeah. Jesus Christ returns. That's it. But Absolutely. the Bible says it can return any moment. Yes. And the only way that can happen is if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Thank you. And basically yes. when you look at the rapture and compare it to the second coming, the two are totally different anyway. Yes. Because in one Jesus appears, the other He comes to earth. One He comes for His church, the other He returns with His church. Yes. So that's the only way really to reconcile the Scriptures. Well, fellas, I want to thank both of you for being with me today and let me throw these questions at you. I wish I had time to throw a whole bunch more because <laughs> I, there's a lot more I know our folks out there would like to hear. But you've done a great job in responding to Isn't it fun to respond to questions at conferences when people ask? It's just <laughs> really wonderful. I, I'd like for you to tell, uh, both of you, to tell our viewers how they could get in touch with you. And uh, we'll, we'll just do that. And, and, and uh, what are some of the resources that you might have? Dennis, would you do it first? Sure. Uh, our ministry website is spiritofgrace.org, and we have a free newsletter that shares uh, some of the things that we're doing, our, our Africa trips and India trips. Also, we have a free DVD that is yours upon request that will share one of those particular missions. I know you'll be excited. So go to spiritofgrace.org, click on the contact button. You can shoot us an email. Or, and uh, asked to be on our mailing list. And are you available for speaking? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, conferences and that sort of thing. And sure. do you have a regular newsletter that you send out? We do. It and comes it every free? month and it is free. Okay, yeah. thank you. How about you, Gary? Uh, our website is www.lionofjudaministry.org. Uh, you can go there and sign up for a newsletter called The Trumpeter. It features current events and how they relate to the soon return of the Lord. I am available for conferences doing uh, current events and, and how they relate to the soon return of Jesus all over the world. We uh, sponsor tours to Israel. And you can do all of that on the website. Send me an email from there. It goes straight to my email folder. And uh, I welcome you. Uh, get in touch with us, please. And I, I think those people who are interested in going to Israel really should get in touch with you because I know yeah. that uh, you do a great job of leading those groups over there. I know you do because I trained you. Thank you. That's exactly <laughs> right. That's, that's exactly it. <laughs> well, fellas, I, I just pray the Lord will continue to anoint both of you and supply every need of your ministries because they're you. really you, great David. ministries. Thank May you. magnify your voice. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you. It sure has been to me. And I pray you'll be back with us next week. Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Dr. David Reagan's book, God's Plan for the Ages, contains a comprehensive overview of all aspects of Bible prophecy. It's written in an easy-to-understand, down-to-earth style that you will find appealing. 
In addition to all the prophecies concerning the first and second comings of the Messiah, it deals with a host of other prophetic questions, such as, What happens when you die? What will heaven be like? What's the future of the earth? Where is the United States in prophecy? When is the rapture most likely to occur? Is the Antichrist alive today? Are there signs of the times that are unique to our day and age? The book contains a variety of charts and diagrams which illustrate various aspects of Bible prophecy. The book is available for a gift of $15 or more plus shipping. To get a copy of God's Plan for the Ages, please call 1-800-705-8316 Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time and ask for it by name or order online at lamblion.com. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 